You're listening to Small Business Wife, where our goal is to empower, edify, and equip all you small business owning wives. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people to support you along this journey, you're in the right place. Join us every week as we dig into the realities of business owning as a family. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Small Business Wife podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Amanda Hampa, and this is Emily Brignola. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Well, today is a very exciting topic. We're super pumped about the content that we're putting out for you guys today. Um, Do us a favor. Go back to last week. This is our kind of new thing right now. Um, And uh, we're getting into this new kind of trend about talking about like, super serious topics versus like not so serious, more practical type stuff and flip-flopping back and forth. And last week's episode was on imposter syndrome, which is insanely good. So do yourself a favor. Um, I really love it because you really get to hear more of Emily's side of her story um, as her journey is more of a newer business owner um, versus it's, uh, yeah, and it just connects right to her heart. And so um, Emily, show them how to listen and all the things. Yeah, so... We are available anywhere that you're listening to podcasts, so you can either uh, jump on on Apple. I use Apple pretty exclusively. I know Amanda listens on Spotify, um, more on Spotify as well, and then uh, also on like Google Podcasts. And if you um, are just kind of like stumbling across us like by accident for whatever reason <laughs> on whatever yeah. platform you're listening to us, um, you can also go to our website and um, you can find all of our past episodes and things like that there as well um and we have a facebook group again if you're just stumbling onto us for the first time um that we let promote like literally every week (laughs) every time we talk just because honestly like part of like the heart and soul behind small business wife is being able to what do we say empower edify and equip small business owning wives and Mm -hmm. so um we believe firmly that that is best done in community yeah and finding a community especially in today's day and age of you know Mm -hmm. quarantining and masks and nobody meets anywhere and um you know it's hard to hard to network hard to get around other people who are kind of in the same boat that you are um we really value this facebook group as just like a community of women who are doing the exact same thing that you're doing probably yes Awesome. Yeah. So you'll be able to get a hold of those things on the LinkedIn links or not LinkedIn. That's the wrong thing. Linktree. Linktree. Hey, um, or you'll be able to just go onto our website, smallbusinesswife.com and we'll have all the links there for you to get involved, whether it's the Facebook group or, um, yeah, or listening to the podcast, anything. Mm -hmm. And we should be launching this week, probably notes to the podcast. And so you'll be able to follow along and get those little things. And then we will be adding resources into the Facebook group this week, I believe. Mm -hmm. At least by the end of the month, we'll have a lot of things popping in and out. And so you guys should definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So this week, um, we are super excited. It was kind of a spur of the moment type idea that we were just sitting in Emily's living room and we were like what what should we talk about this week and um and these ones are kind of more fun to me because they're kind of more off the cuff and you'll see like in here just more Emily and I's friendship and business Mm -hmm. owning Um, but she was like what was like what about like your two worst business mistakes and how you got out I was like oh I was like I "I can name them right now um but yeah and so I think it's super good because I think I think this topic is really good um, because I'm super passionate. I'm learning to be more passionate about failing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, it's I have that common reminder um, up that, like, uh, 
you know, failing is just um, starting over with more knowledge. And it took me a long time to get to that place um, and, uh, and a lot of different failures in business to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to hear yours first. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Or you're like, I hate you. She's giving me dagger eyes right now. She's like, <laughs> What? Why me? Like you've been in business longer. My voice says happy, but my eyes say death. It's fine. Um and Nick knows what that looks like. So yeah, my Or do you want me to go first? No, it's fine. I can okay. go first. Um I am my business mistakes, I should say. Let's start off that way. My mm-hmm. business mistakes um are all I think my biggest ones are all centered around the idea that I didn't start sooner. Yeah. Um, so if I could name one or like one theme, it would be waiting so long to jump into business owning, waiting so long to take business owning seriously. But um, I feel like I've talked about that a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go more practical. Mm. Um, but just know that like, if I had one answer, that would be it. Um, but more practically speaking, I think honestly, and we talked about this a little bit in the like overwhelm episode, um, my first biggest mistake is trying to do everything all at once. Not just yeah. trying to do everything all at once, trying to do everything perfectly mm-hmm. all at once. And what I mean by that is I went like full-time self-employed back in May. And when I went full-time self-employed, I started a, um, like being, trying to be really interactive on my Instagram yeah, and like started being on social media and like trying to social network and like spending a lot of time doing things that honestly, like I thought mattered, but really didn't matter. And Mm -hmm. it took me until... I had that like freak out moment of being like yeah. super overwhelmed. Like, Oh my God, what did I do to sit back and refocus on, okay, what are the actual important things mm-hmm. in my business? Okay. Does it matter if I have 2000 people following me on Instagram? No. Mm-hmm. Are those 2000 people paying me? Probably not. So then like <laughs> I can drop that because what's actually important is that I have clients who are paying me yeah, and that I have systems in place to support the services that I am giving to those clients yeah. who are paying me. Like, and everything else is just kind of like icing on top of the cake, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter. And so I would say trying to do everything, that's the first one, trying to do everything all at once and trying to do it perfectly because that ended up like making me super burnt out and like super overwhelmed and we talked about this in the overwhelm episode and like freaking out and being like, I don't think I can own a business. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? I'm not making nearly enough money and I have to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a couple months because I was doing things that didn't matter. Um, so that would definitely be the first one. And the second one, I think, would be gosh, I want to say not believing in myself, like going back to like yeah. our, our episode um, about like the imposter syndrome, because like I should have honestly like jumped into 
like growing my business back in 2018 yeah. when we moved back to America. Mm-hmm. And if I had started back in 2018, like my business would definitely be way farther along than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that I didn't was because, and we talked about this on the imposter syndrome episode, that I really doubted my expertise and my ability and mm-hmm. like allowed fear to hold me back. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like it, it sounds like when we talk in the context of business mistakes, yeah, like it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Because you're like, okay, well, you, you eventually started. Think about, imagine with me. The compound <laughs> effect. The compound yeah. effect of all of the money mm-hmm. from all of the clients yeah. that I've left on the table. So this is really easy to like look at as, okay, well, this is just like an emotional mistake. Like, okay, boohoo. Like, but you still started your business. I like, imagine with me the thousands of dollars that I lost out on Mm -hmm. because I allowed fear to make decisions for me. Yeah. And when you look at it, not just in like a personal emotional context and you start to look at it from a business owner's context, like, oh my gosh, thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that was a th- multiple thousands of dollars mistake yeah. to allow fear to dictate that for me. And like kind of the same thing with the, like trying to do everything perfectly. Like that sounds, okay, well, yeah, but then you stopped and you refocused and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if I had done that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when we finally had that conversation where I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. and you and Darby were like, okay, well, how are you getting clients? How are you going to practically speaking, get clients in the door who are paying you? How many people are you calling? Like, have you like just reached out to any business <laughs> owners and, and like talked to them and told them you were offering these services? Like what if I had started doing that back in May yep. and just calling a hundred people mm-hmm. and like how many more people could I have onboarded by this time and yeah. could have completely avoided that season of overwhelm. And, you know, so like it's it's easy to look at these things as like because I'm a newer mm-hmm. business owner, like I don't have all of the, oh, and then I spent, you know, $10,000 on <laughs> ads and it yeah. didn't work and I lost that, you know, or uh, the IRS audited me and whatever, like that didn't happen. But you know, like <laughs> we do our taxes well. This yes. is our disclaimer to the IRS representative that is listening to our podcast. Yes, <laughs> taxes are done well and correctly. Um, but so it's not like I have those like bigger types of things yeah. of like oh we almost lost our house. But like when you look at these like emotional issues or like setbacks from the context of like dollars and lost opportunity. And like you were saying, like the compound effect of like everything, every single decision you make pays out compound interest in one way or another. Like good decisions, bad decisions. Like if you make a really good decision for your health, like that pays out compound Mm -hmm. interest. And the more decisions you make that are good for your health, the healthier you will become, the more you will make those decisions. And it's the same in your business. Like the more healthy decisions, the more decisions you make that like grow your business and are good for your business and healthy for your business, the more you make those, the healthier Mm -hmm. your business gets, the more you feed into fear, Mm -hmm. the more you miss out on. Yep. And so those are kind of my biggest mistakes. Those are your kind of biggest mistakes. 
Yeah. Yeah. But the, the balancing statement, though, to that one is, like, at the end of the day, um, we are here in business owning for such a time as this. And I'm a Absolutely. very, very, very firm believer that if you don't have those seasons where you miss the opportunity, you know what I mean? Um, then you're never going to see that, you know what I mean? And I feel like, and I've, and I've been there, mm-hmm. like, you know, and obviously Emily knows because we've been, she's been alongside Darby and I's journey since we started. Yes. Um, and how many times I've gone back to like, man, we should have done this sooner, man. Like we, you know, like even like in small worlds, like with the small business wife, like back two years ago when I was super active on our social media and all of that stuff, like we were gaining insane traction for things. And I like had a moment where I stopped posting for like two or three weeks and Emily and Darby were like, what are you doing? I was like, I just get frustrated Mm -hmm. because if I would have just stayed consistent, like I wouldn't have to be making up all this ground. And Darby's response to me was like, so stay consistent now. Mm-hmm. don't stop. Like, you know, the products of comp, like the compound effect. And, um, and I think that that's super true because like, we've seen that in our business. We've seen that. Um, and everything that we do is just like, it's like you said, every decision you make compounds, but I don't think you understand the weight of it until like you walk through a season where you lost opportunity. Oh, and yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like for our gym, it was like, um, the missed opportunities we had, um, for saving money and different things. And so when we got like, um, what could have been one of the most devastating seasons of our business uh, during the pandemic when we were shut down, I looked at it as an opportunity to go, I'm not going to miss the opportunity to save consistently and to get ahead of taxes and to get ahead of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cried when we got to April and got to our taxes and our my accountant told me what we owed. And I went, I've had this in my bank account for like three months. And Emily mm-hmm. looked at me and went, this is what happens when you make consistent daily choices. And yes. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, but it's because like, you know, one of, you know, one of my big, like, like a lot of what I'm saying comes out of one of my like worst business decisions ever. You know what I mean? And mine actually comes from a different perspective because of being married in business with my husband. Um, and, uh, and we have very specific roles in our businesses mm-hmm. and, um, mine is more on the back end financials, all of those things. And Darby's is more visionary marketing sales, um, and that stuff. And, uh, and he, like, I love him cause he, like where a lot of my imposter syndrome that we talked about last week comes in, in our business, it comes in, in the form of, um, financials, you know what I mean? Um, every probably like probably quarterly I come back and I'm just like, I, you, like, I don't deserve for you to trust me with these, with this money. And he's just like, what are you talking about? And a lot of it comes back from my old traumas and stuff like that and dealing with money and just how I was raised and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but I feel like, um, one of my biggest, biggest, I think business mistakes I ever made was allowing, um, yeah, allowing the personal fears to, um, kind of, separate Darby and I, especially in the realm of like finances, you know what I mean? Um, not having the right conversations, Mm -hmm. um, soon enough, you know what I mean? Not like, um, because like when you like, like we talk about this, like a lot, like when I'm coaching like new business entrepreneurial couples, like when Darby and I do that, um, you know, I tell them, I'm like, I ask them flat out, like, what's your roles? And normally nine times out of 10, there are two different types of people. There's the visionary and then there's the analytical person. Mm-hmm. The visionary sets that vision out, does all the things. And the analytical tends to be the helper and the supporter. Um, when those two people are healthy 
and working in their world, like it's just like firecrackers, man. It's like you just boom and blossom and do all the crazy things. When either of those are working in unhealthy habits, um, it can be detrimental because most of the time there's like a disconnect because the visionary doesn't understand the analytical Mm -hmm. and the analytical doesn't understand the visionary. So a person like me, and I'm like in an unhealthy state of mind and like, and most of the time mine always came out of panic of like, are we going to make ends meet, blah, 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 this and that. Or because I see things a month in advance and my brain thinks like that um, with beyond capacity thinking and stuff like that, I'll look at our bank account and I'll go, how is cash flow even going to work like mm-hmm. this week? And instead of what I do is in that moment, instead of going to Darby, which now I'm but like, now I do like hands down. Now I go, this is the gap we have to fill by this mm-hmm. day. And he's like, that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm over here stressing for like three hours about how we're going to make this little amount. But what I used to do is I used to not tell him and then we'd get there and the money wasn't there and it could have been there. It's just, I didn't tell him. And mm-hmm. so what we like, you know, I joke what sometimes used to be like Darby going to McDonald's and getting a 99 cent cheeseburger turned into a $75 cheeseburger because I didn't inform him that we were going dollars and pennies to pay payroll out that week. Mm-hmm. And had he known that he would have just made a sandwich at home. Like yeah. it's just those simple little things that I feel like, um, just having the confidence and the trust in the other, mm-hmm. you know, and I think whether you're business owning with your spouse or your business owning with a friend, your business owning with anybody as a partner, there has to be that level of trust. Yeah. That like I can fully communicate every ounce of my fears in this situation. And I know that like you're going to hear me, you're going to validate what's going on, and then we're going to come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been like one of the biggest hurdles that we've seen. Um, us get over and not always over because we still have our moments. Um, but then like grow exponentially from, yeah. Cause now it's like without skipping a beat, like he just closes the office door and he's like, what are you freaked out? Which cash flow amount? I give him the amount. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, here's 7,000 different ways that we can make that money by that date. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then on the other level, it's just at the end of the day, trusting God that he's going to provide, which yeah. is always done. Um, and so, um, so that would be that And the best way that we honestly got over that was sometimes really hard, frustrating conversations. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, there was a season in our, there really genuinely was a season in our business where he probably shouldn't have trusted me with the finances because I didn't have the guts to communicate what needed to be communicated. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest, one of the reasons we brought Emily on in 2018 was because I was finally like getting to the point of being okay with like, um, with like handing over what I felt like was junk and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, an area of my life for my mental health sake to just have help with somebody else being able to come in and give me confidence in like in that arena. And like, and one of the first things Emily said, she was like, Amanda, you're doing great. And I was like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, but it was like two years of struggle of like when you're running a business with your spouse and you have kids all the money that's coming in is providing for all of this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think being able to decipher personal versus business. And I think, um, you know, one of your first things that you said to me as a bookkeeper and then our financial advisors that we have now have said is like at the end of the day, no matter what, pay yourself first. Yeah. 
like you can sell to make up all the other ends meet. You know what I mean? But pay yourself first because you're going to be able to function mentally and emotionally better. Yeah. Um, if that, if you know that all of your ends are meeting, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and like, and you know, one of our financial coaches was just like, and you deserve it. Like you've worked this hard to get here mm-hmm. to not have to struggle to wonder where your money's coming from, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, so that would be like one of our biggest things. And then honestly for that, how else we got over it was lots of therapy, to be mm-hmm. honest, so, you know, marriage counseling, all of those things and being honest with ourselves, like, um, and just, you know, not being afraid. Cause like, if you have trust issues in that arena, you gotta build trust. And sometimes, especially when you're business owning with your spouse, it's like, it's grueling because mm-hmm. it's like these issues come up in your business and then you have to go home and sleep in the same bed together. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you have to, like, you have to, like, and you know what I mean? Like, some people would say, like, the best business-owning couples compartmentalize. And I'm like, no, the best-owning, like, business-owning couples don't compartmentalize their crap because they deal with it and then come up with a way to function both in their household and in their business mm-hmm. together, yeah. you know? Um, so that would, I would say, would be, like, the number one business mistake I made mm-hmm. would you agree though like with that couple stuff like you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean like n- Nick and I try to keep business owning but like not just business owning like yeah. finance stuff because like we have mm-hmm. other like we have rental properties and yeah. like all of these other things that we're doing and so like we try to keep finances as separate as possible mm-hmm. from our marriage yeah but there is no way when you're doing something so completely together yeah to entirely separate mm-hmm. that and like honestly it's only in the last I say like year and a half to two years that I feel like Nick and I have just like hit our stride when it comes yeah. to communication and mm-hmm. like there's I mean, we're not perfect at this, but like, I feel like I can say literally anything to Mm -hmm. him if I say it with respect and kindness, Yeah. but like I can say literally anything to him and he like accepts it, thinks about it, Mm -hmm. tries to do something about it and vice versa. Like he can say anything to me and like, as long as he is saying it with respect and kindness, (laughs) (laughs) then like it's a lot easier for us to like just be completely gut level like honest and vulnerable with each other you know and I think that you need to have that in your business as well and like whether your business partner is your spouse or whether your business partner is a friend and like you're just there supporting your spouse on the sidelines like however that looks like like you have to be able to be gut level honest with each other because if you don't feel like you have that freedom Mm -hmm. then yeah there's you're you're gonna keep running into that to to walls yeah and it might not be in that specific arena like maybe finances isn't the area that you're struggling with with your spouse maybe it's marketing maybe Mm -hmm. it's client retention maybe it's like you've got a ton of dissatisfied clients and you just like you're doing customer service and your spouse isn't and you don't want to tell them like, because you don't feel like you have the freedom to yeah. tell them, like yep. whatever it is, you're going to keep running into walls and mm-hmm. like your business is going to suffer first. Yeah. 
because eventually that stuff's going to come out. Like, I don't yeah. know what your long-term contingency like, <laughs> plan is, but like eventually that stuff is going to come out. So first your business is going to suffer and then your marriage is going to yeah. suffer. Mm-hmm. And like, please do not sacrifice your marriage yeah. on the altar of peace in your business. Yep. And it's so good. That's so good because yeah. I feel like, yeah, I think that's huge because I think it's pretty, yeah, I, when we, like, I first had the idea of Small Business Wife, like, as, like, a community of like-minded, you know, spouses who mm-hmm. were doing this whole thing um, because I knew that there were people out there like me, you mm-hmm. know, that just didn't know what the heck they were doing, didn't know what it meant to do this with their husbands, didn't meant what to, to do with their wives, you know, in general. Um, and uh, the statistic then was that, I think it was like 78% of small business owning couples end up in divorce Wow! because they just can't get past certain things. You know what I mean? And I went, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Because as hard as it is some days, like it's not worth that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and there's, there has to be like, that's like my brain thinks like that. My brain goes, mm-hmm. there has to be a way yeah. that you don't end up divorced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there has to be. Mm-hmm. And whether that's like figuring out how to not make sure that we're not workaholics, how to balance all the things. And so I feel like that's been my journey of like figuring this whole thing out is like, how do I make it so that Darby and I don't end up divorced Yeah, and become one of those statistics? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, one of that was like divorce was never an option for us. Right. So we were forced to, to figure things out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's like heartbreaking because you see couples that like they just can't connect it and Mm -hmm. I'm just like how like yeah and you just know at at the end of the day I feel like 95% of it just comes back to communicating there's Mm -hmm. a fear and they feel like that they can't trust that fear and the other side with that person and it's Mm -hmm. hard you know um to watch and so um I would encourage you if you're in that position Mm -hmm. know that you can make it and reach out to us because I'd love to encourage you guys yeah um because you guys can Mm -hmm. for 100% and then if you need a marriage counselor we'll help you find one like 100% yeah. Because I haven't had that in my business yet because yeah. my business is still pretty young. Yeah. And Nick is fairly uninvolved. Yeah. But, like, we definitely have had that in our marriage. Oh, 100%. Like, in other aspects. Yeah. So, like, this is, if it is something that you guys are struggling with, like, we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we want your marriage to win. Yeah. And eventually it will show up in your business. Like, yeah. I have to, like, tell you, like, you can only compartmentalize so much, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and to be honest with you, one of the best quotes I've ever heard was by, from a guy by the name of Sam Evans. He was a really great, um, or he still is a really great entrepreneur, coach and consultant. Um, and he, he just always says like issues in your business are a direct reflection of issues going on in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to accept that, then that's going to be the start of your downfall. Yeah. And I was just like, Dang, that's true. You know, um, one of our really great friends, one of our big things is like acceptance is the starting point of healing. Mm -hmm. When you accept that, like you have issues in your marriage or that you have trust issues with your spouse in your business, then you can work from there and lay groundwork to figure out how to trust that person and how to move on. And I think that's was key for us in that season. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and then such good stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. end scene. (laughs) yeah but um yeah I would say that and then the very practical um thing I feel like I should have done sooner um 
is twofold, but it comes out of one heart, um, is I wish I would have outsourced and delegated sooner. Mm. Um, and so, um, and I am going to say, and my husband's going to raise a shot glass, I'm sure. <laughs> and his favorite whiskey or scotch, sorry, honey, your favorite scotch. Sorry. Um, when I say this, but I am a recovering micromanager. Um, I love control. I love knowing exactly how things work. I love being on the end and it doesn't come out of a bad heart. I truly believe that it comes out of a heart that cares for the things that it like that, that I take pride in. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's prideful, you know what I mean? And I love being a a leader and I also love empowering. And at some point of being a leader, you have to make the choice to stop leading and then to empower. And I think when you start to micromanage, you get pretty haughty on the leading that you forget that um, it comes out of a fear of like, what if you're not there? You know what I mean? And that fear for me came out of like a long stem of, you know, abandonment, being left behind, those different types of things um, that I'm working through. But again, like I just said, things that flesh out in your business are probably fleshing out in your personal life. So start with your personal life and you'll probably see the products in your business. And, um, and so as I did the work on my personal side, like I saw, oh, I'm a micromanager. Um, and how that fleshed out was working 60 hour work weeks when I had two kids at home who were crying sometimes because they weren't seeing mommy and daddy as much as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, or spending 30 hours a week on bookkeeping when I could utilize that time to build the, what we're doing now with small business wife, I could utilize that time to help expand and grow and do systems and stuff like that. And on a very basic level, I could have just empowered and blessed somebody else with a job that mm-hmm. I could afford to pay them. You know what I mean? And like, um, and that's the beauty of it. And, uh, but at the end of the day, like I had to take a step back and just admit to myself, like I'm a micromanager and I don't want to be anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the process of that has been what I've been probably going through this past probably six to eight months with business coaches. And that would be like my number one is like, if you realize that there's a downfall as like a, a catch in your business, hire somebody that's been there and gotten through it. Mm-hmm. And normally like, that's like the very basic synopsis of how Darby and I hire business coaches is like, we just go, Oh, they did this last year. Yeah. I'm going to pay that. And I'm going to have them tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And we happened to come across the current business owners, our current business coaches that we're working with where she was able to go, I'm going to give you a concept that you're not ready for. And she literally said to me, she goes, we're going to put you in a CEO only role, which means I want you out of your gym. And mm-hmm. I went, ah, I can't do that. And she goes, no, you can. And you need to, because there's a whole staff underneath you willing to do everything that you want for them to do. And you need to empower them. And, and you can have the time to spend with your kids, go on vacations and do date nights with your husband. And I was like, no, you can't have both. Like, cause like we lived in this world for so long Um, that it was just like hustle, 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 and then take a deep breath, hustle, 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 because the culture of business owning is, you know, you'll die, you'll sleep when you die. And like, you know what I mean? On some levels. And I feel like the pandemic did this beautiful shift with a lot of business owners of like, we can work smart, but like, we can also work hard. And, um, and so the way that we kind of got out of the micromanaging mode is like every time, like, I feel like for me, every time 
I get a little possessive about a position or a role, um, then I go to um, my initial instinct at this point is to go build the system for it and then train somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. Like very basic, like, um, and that we're even doing that with small business wife. Like we, you know, we're prospecting with clients and stuff like that for um, our beyond capacity systems, which you guys will hear more about. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel a little bit possessive about it just because it's a, a ba- like it's my baby and we get that like that's a genuine heart that like people have like your business is your baby you work hard for it like yeah. you want it to run perfect and it, with excellence and all of those things and that's none of that's bad mm-hmm. um but two people at 50% can do better than you at 90%. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day like you can train two people to do 75% of what you're capable of doing and still you get to put a hundred percent of you into your business. And that mm-hmm. I think was the biggest like culmination of like still seeing like everything that Darby has been and everything that we have been and built in our gym over the last six years, especially Darby who's paid the price of being a martial artist for 20 years, has his black belts and all that stuff. People come to our gym for Darby mm-hmm. to be able to see that. But then to also to see in this past year, the beautiful duplication of who Darby is as a martial artist and all of our purple belts and our brown belts and, you know, our coaching staff and to see our front and house people be as hospitable and caring about our clients as I am. If I, when I used to be on the phones, like it's going, like it's going to just blow you away that it's even possible. And I know what it's like to be in people's shoes where there's like, well, if I'm not doing it, then there's no way, like nobody's going to be able to sell and, and appointment set. Like, and to be honest, like, Nobody still can sell an appointment set the way Darby and I can. Yeah. We're always going to have 95% because we have the heart and passion, the vision, because we built it, mm-hmm. right? But what you get good at when you're not a micromanager is communicating the vision mm-hmm. and communicating the heartbeat because then you get people like the Emily's and the Jason's and Eric's and all the people that are on our team who are like, not only can I see what you're doing, but I can't help but like be a part of your team. We have Mm -hmm. like one sales guy who basically begged me for a job to be a part of our team Mm -hmm. because he's like, I see your heart. I see what you're doing. I'm going to go buy, like literally I think he bought like four or five shirts. Like he like sent me like five messages and he was like, what do I need to do to be on your sales team? And I was just like, dude, show up to the interview. (laughs) I mean, at this point, like show up to the interview and tell me why you're so passionate about this because Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire somebody 10 times over who can get behind my vision because I can, th- like, that builds trust for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, like I feel like for micromanagers, people who are, like, trying to figure out is, like, how, well, how do I let go? You find people that you can trust with your vision. Mm-hmm. And you equip them. You know what I mean? And, like, and that means sometimes not hiring Joe Schmo off, the, off Indeed mm-hmm. because of your thing. It means paying the extra money to get the right people. Yeah. And, like, and then equipping them so that you feel confident that you can go on a vacation and come back and everything's running and in fact flourished while you were gone mm-hmm. you know what I mean which is like the coolest thing that we had happened this past month you know what I mean we went on vacation our gym grew substantially and no classes suffered because we had systems teams all things in place um and that was a humbling feeling for me because I was going man not only do I care about this but this whole team cares about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a cool feeling for sure. Yeah. yeah. I would love to be able to ask, like, what is your top two business business mistakes? Yeah. And what have you done to get out of them? And whether you want to send that to us, like, in a DM or, like, 
I'm going to put it up on the Facebook group for sure. Put it up and in the Facebook we'll put group. put it all over social media so when this one goes live. Yeah, because yeah. I don't, like, especially, like, as a newer business owner. Yeah. Like, I think it would be so encouraging mm-hmm. to be able to hear from more seasoned business owners. And yeah. maybe you're like, well, I've only been in business for two years. Like, I'm not seasoned. Like, you're more seasoned than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, and you're going to be more seasoned than a lot of people. And maybe the mistakes that you've run into are going to be things that you can help other people not trip over. Yeah. And so I would hate for this to just stop with us of like, hey, these are our, the four mistakes that we made. Yeah. Tie it up with a bow <laughs> and then be done with it. Because mm-hmm. I know that there are more mistakes out there in business owning and, I can tell you from experience, having worked with a CPA who does, like, tax and IRS resolution. <laughs> there's mistakes. There's a, there's there's a, a lot, lot of mistakes. a lot of mistakes yeah. that you can make <laughs> as a business owner. So, like, yeah, if you want to just either send us a message, drop it in Instagram or in the Facebook group, um, we would love to hear from you guys about, like, what your, like, mistakes that you don't have to yeah. do two. You can do one Yeah. if it makes you feel better. You can do five if that makes you feel better. <laughs> like, whatever you want. We would just want to hear from you about, like, what what are your biggest yeah. mistakes in business and how, how did you get out of them? Mm-hmm. What have you done to be able to reconcile that and not make that mistake anymore? Yeah, I like it. Woo-woo, awesome. if you've not joined our Facebook group, <laughs> <laughs> this is your opportunity dun, to dun, join dun. our Facebook group. <laughs> And uh, just jump in because we are here to edify, empower, and equip the small yeah. business owning wife. And one of the it. ways we do that is through the Facebook group so that we can have this community of people who lifts each other up, even in the middle ah. of our mistakes. Um, and if you want to support us, you can go ahead and uh, like and subscribe to the podcast on any of the platforms yeah. that you listen on. Um, it just lets the hosts know wherever it's being hosted that yeah. you like the content that we're putting out and it helps to get the small business wife message out to more people, which is yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. Um, next week, I think we are doing, hopefully I get Darby on here for it. Cause I think it would mm-hmm. be awesome. Cause he does a really good take on this. Um, but it's, uh, off of a book, but it's called the next, is that the one we're doing next week? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, called the next five moves. And so Darby is, uh, what I love about my husband is he's probably one of the most amazing visionaries I've ever been like come across, um, and just believes passionately and moving forward. Um, and his mindset is just good. And so I always like bringing him on and one time we'll have to bring Nick on. I feel like he has Mm -hmm. lots of things to say and he just doesn't know it yet. Um, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, I would love, you know, we'll have Darby come on and just talk about how do you plan for your next five moves and what does that look like? Um, because the best way to make sure that you don't have a start stop in your business is to have a plan and a vision beyond the next step. And so, Um, yeah, so like, subscribe, do all the things, share it, let us know what you think. Um, we are excited to have you guys and, uh, it's going to be real good. Awesome. Have a great day guys. And we'll see you next week.